Hello, hello, hello. It is Monday night and you are listening to Just a Dash. Might not be Monday where you are. Uh, <laughs> your Houston Dash women's soccer podcast from the brilliant people at the Striker Texas. I am Theo Lloyd Hughes and I'm here with my brilliant co-host, Laura Gomez. Que tal, Laura? Hola, Theo. Theo here. Super um, excited once again with Just a Dash and ready to talk some NWSL. Ready for Talk, it. Talking a win. <laughs> talking a win, Laura. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. Uh, I'm not going to get too excited, but I'm not going to get. Um, I'm going to ride the wave. <laughs> ride the wave. The first game. <laughs> ride the San Diego wave. You got to ride the wave. Ride the San Diego wave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no. Well, yeah, let's get to it. We're, we're, we're talking to you, you know, less than 24 hours after the Dash got their first points of the young end of cell season, a 2 0 away win to the Kansas City Ooh. Current, who have been a bit of a bogey team for the Houston mm-hmm. Dash. They'd lost their last three games uh, against the Kansas City Current heading into Sunday night, and then they get a really, really good result. Um, a 2-0 win, like we just said. First off penalty from Rachel Daly, sends AD Franch the wrong way, rolls it into the open net, and then a 95th minute little icing on the cake goal from your favourite, Laura Brevisali. Um where do you want to start in this one? You know, there's a quite a lot to unpack. There's a lot mm-hmm. of narratives. Obviously, it's been a really emotional start to the season with the Houston Dash. You can go check out a podcast we did reacting the night of James Clarkson's suspension from the NWSL. Laura and I jumped on a, on a podcast. You can go check that out. There's also loads of good reporting about the situation on the Strike of Texas. So if you need updates on that, that's where everything is. That's obviously a huge effect on the players. You know, mm-hmm. we'll talk a little bit more about San Diego in a sec. But just sticking to Kansas City... Big win, first assertion oh, yeah. in his career, and 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 yeah, the first point since that suspension. Yeah, I think it was a really good game. I think that the the team really needed it. I feel like it really it's going to boost the morale uh, because I know they're professionals, but either way, um, they're you human know, beings. They're human beings, right? And it's going to affect you in some way or another. We, I mean, obviously we're reporters and we report what we see, but we're not there twenty four seven, so we don't know exactly what's going through their minds or through their hearts. It's still going to be difficult, um, you know, kind of the change and all the attention that wasn't really on the performance, but rather what was going on in the club itself. So I think that the team has done a very good job in really trying to concentrate on what they need to do. And I think this game really showed it. And, you know, there's usually whenever I watch games, whether it be live or on TV, I like to play. (laughs) I play play a game with myself saying, you know, which is going to be the player of a match. And for me this time, you know, I did well. I, I I did perfectly because for me, it was Jane Campbell. And that was exactly who was chosen the player of the game because I got amazing deja vu flashbacks of Jane Campbell of maybe like three seasons ago, three or four seasons ago, which she was unstoppable. What was her nickname? I forgot when she stopped all the penalties. Um, and I can't believe it. I forgot her nickname. Um, I'm trying to remember. That season she had, that she had the most stop PKs. The P, I think it was the PK Queen or something like that. Well, mm. I'm gonna. I, I wrote a story about it. I can't remember. This is what happens when you're getting older than thirty, right? Um, but I'm gonna eventually find that out. You guys, the fans, let us know because I think it was the PK Queen, something like that. But I really loved. I really enjoyed watching her play, um, and I feel like it was a fun game for her. I feel. I feel like she felt confident and i think that she also expelled that confidence on the field i don't know what you saw but for me i think it was one of, one of the recent best games she's has had yeah you can go and read a uh, i've got an analytics piece going up on the strike of texas tomorrow morning there's going to be a little bit about that jane campbell's clean sheet the first clean sheet in 12 matches for her and the houston dash and like you said the magic word laura 
confidence. Mm-hmm. I think that's exactly it. You know, she makes that save. It's about the 75th minute um, from, from a very good Hayley Mace shot after that's Victoria amazing. Pickett had got some space. Yeah, really nice shot. Skids off the ground. She does really well to kind of pounce on it. And you see her as she gets up, you know, you see her, she's shaking her head. She's chatting mm-hmm. to people. She's saying, hey, you can't let that ball come in like that. And I think... <laughs> Yeah, it is sometimes mental. You know, Jane is has so much ability. You know how good she can be at stopping shots and, and where she's at with the kind of what she's done with her talents as a goalkeeper, the way she can reach certain balls and get to angles. And often I feel like more recently in games, you know, she'll make the hard save, you know, the, the really athletic save, and then it'll be something much easier that will end up upending her it'll be a shot that you know maybe she should save or maybe the defender in front of her got a weird block that then puts her off her her mark or it's a concentration thing and I spoke to her a little bit about that after the game because you know she made she made five saves uh, on Sunday gets the clean sheet was really in action and I was kind of like is it easier when you get more action is it easier when there's lots and lots of shots you know thinking back to the San Diego game in week one, you know, San Diego only had two shots on goal. And the, and the first shot on goal they had was about 80 minutes or so before the second shot. And the second shot ended up being the winning goal in the 87th minute by Jody Taylor. So again, you know, that game, Jane is sitting there waiting over an hour to save a shot. And then it ends up being the winning goal. On Sunday, she gets a lot more action and she just seemed to get a better. Lot. She got better with every single save. That being said, when I spoke to Jane after the game, she says, you know, it's my job to be concentrated. I think of all the saves as the same. So it's not, I don't want to say it gets easier when I'm called into action. Yeah. So she kind of denied that theory, but I do think there was something to it, like you said, that she got more confident as she made more saves. Yeah, I think so too. And to kind of give you guys a little bit more stats of what actually happened with Kansas City yesterday, the shots in total for Kansas City was uh, 15 for the dash, it was nine. Shots on target was five for the Kansas City and four for the dash. So, yeah, there was a lot of uh, a lot of action going on. And, you know, Kansas City had 60% of, you know, position and the dash had 40. But at the end of the day, if you look at, you know, who made the goals, it was a dash. Well, and, and, and Kansas City had zero shots on goal at halftime. So a lot of that was late on. It really was that second 45 minutes, Campbell was called into action, the defence was called into action. And I think, you know, there is a different version of this game. We can maybe talk a little bit about the penalty, Laura, where the dash mm. don't get that penalty. <laughs> Again, you want to talk about confidence. The dash, I thought, played, defended really, really well and were called under pressure once they had the lead. And once you have that lead, once your attackers have earned you a goal, maybe through a dubious refereeing decision, I think you defend a little bit better. And again, I think there was so much confidence once Abam wins that penalty, Daly slots it away, and, and the defence and, and Campbell really, really stood up because they knew they had a lead to defend. Just going back to that penalty in the 40, 40th minute, uh, Laura, Michaela Abam gets a bit of a tangle with Liz Ball. Do you think it's a penalty? <laughs> you know, I was looking at, at the game and I was, you know, I was on Twitter too. And I can't remember what the user's name was, but he really made me laugh because he was like, well, I consider this a soft PK. <laughs> I call, I think that's and what I would call it, a soft PK. And yeah. That, yeah, I was like, that's, you know, I was like, hmm. I guess other people use it too, because I've used that too with my brother. He's like, there's no such thing as a soft PK. It is or it is not. There's oh, nothing no. in between. <laughs> so I'm like, at the end of the day, I really do think that the refereeing in the NWSL, not only in this game, but within the league itself, it it has a lot of space for growth. Um, Very polite for the safety. Yeah, for growth, for the safety of players. Um, I think that it's subpar, really. 
uh, of what the the players really do deserve um, because it can really go into being um, letting dangerous play plays keep happening and that's something that's worrisome but particularly to this pk I, I mean i really do think it was a soft one i really i looked at it several times and and i was like oh yeah 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 and i was like mm, and then i was like oh mm. i mean just that one I, I wouldn't bash the referee for it but again going into the the league itself with the re referees and the calls the calls they haven't made is something that needs to be worked on ASAP um, for the safety, like we just saw um, in the Challenge Cup match for the safety of the players. Yeah, I think, you know, this, the call in the Dash game is not as bad as some of those other calls we saw on the, yeah. this weekend. Um, I think we'll never know the truth. I think it's one of those penalties where the truth lies with Elizabeth Ball and Michaela Abam. We'll never know how much contact there was, how much pressure there was. I'm not a professional athlete. When you do collide with someone whether or not it brings your body you down. can go yeah exactly. your body it's, can go either way i think it's a really hard call i if it had not been given i don't think we'd be talking about it on monday morning if it does get given it's a bit dubious but you know what before we finish talking about this game refereeing it really makes me enjoy breva sali's goal a lot more because you get that second goal exactly. no one no one's really talking about a penalty anymore it's a two it's a two nil win and and I think that that again to kind of wrap up this game, it showed so much what the Dash did well. Full team performance down the line. Yes, Jay Campbell was the player of the match, but there was a lot of good performances, especially off the bench. Shea Groom, who won't get a lot of credit for this game, did a really really good job in the last half an hour, running and running and running and putting a lot of pressure coming in for a bam mm -hmm. as a pressing forward. And you know we usually see her as a midfielder, but she kind of played as a lone striker at the end there to apply that pressure. Rachel Delhi gets seven tackles, the most on the team. So again, she's yeah. put she's putting in defense work and yeah Brivasali comes off the bench huge effort there to get the goal so I think it was a, again a really good team performance while you're talking about refereeing though um, we got to talk about Challenge Cup uh, oh yes lots of thoughts uh, out to Jordan Baggett we've heard that she's doing all right she went off with a seizure on a stretcher at the Challenge Cup Caroline we have found out this morning is going to be out with a sprained ankle which to yeah. be honest is good news because the tackle yeah. was atrocious looked really dangerous. She could have maybe come away with a broken ankle, goes away with a sprained ankle. But we're talking about calls here where the ref didn't call anything, didn't book a player, completely yeah. missed it. Uh, there's another incident in the game as well where Abby Ursa gets a whole cleat in the middle of her torso, boots, studs straight in, and the ref just missed it. So, you know, you said something just now, Lara, which is like, you know, you don't want to give the ref abuse. You don't want to necessarily speak down to them. I think it is important to look at the institution, look at the investment, look at how this league is spending money and how this league is, mm -hmm. is getting, you know, what quality of refereeing, what investment in refereeing, what education for refereeing, mm -hmm. and, and maybe say that is a bigger problem. I don't think any of these referees are bad people, but... The, the standard is not there. They don't have the tools that they need. They the I tools. think that's one of yeah. the issues. I think that's one of the issues too, because even, you know, whenever you look at MLS games, um, a lot of people really say it's it's subpar compared to maybe Liga MX or, mm. if, you know, even Liga MX, they'll say, no, the Europe one is better or you go to Peru, no, the Colombian one's better, the Mexico one's better. So I think there's always that kind of already, <laughs> kind of, uh, Thing that's already input in our minds to kind of say the refs don't know what they're doing and blah 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 but in all honesty i when we look at games at least for myself and i think theo kind of agrees with this too we kind of look at the the calls not being led by what team we're cheering for so we really get to see the the real calls that should be made by a ref right so i agree with you i think that these refs here in the nwsl league 
are not up to par because yeah, sometimes whenever I go out to like different parks here in Houston and I'm like, well, he should not be a referee for a child. And we understand. Yeah, we understand, right. That refs are not going to catch every plane. Refs are not going to catch every push or every, every kick or every elbow and blah, blah, blah. That's just, it is what it is. And that's why they've added, you know, things like bar, right. To see if that really makes a difference and really helps out. Unfortunately, NWSL, uh, it's not there yet. So we have to rely on refs and really see. Um, I, I think that there needs to be a huge change for sure. If, if we really want this league to keep growing and the investment and the tools need to be there. So I wouldn't blame the refs as human beings themselves, but I would put more responsibility on the people that are choosing the refs and giving them the classes and the tools that they need, because if they're not giving that, they're not going to give the result that we're asking for as viewers, as reporters, um, as a person that likes to watch, you know, soccer. Yeah. And, and, you know, player safety obviously is the first thing I think we care about. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is the integrity of the game and, and just rewards the flow. the flow. I mean, the flow, but also like the, you know, the rewards, the, 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 the um, the success, the integrity, the honesty, you know, are, are, were you denied being the best or were you denied prize money because of a refereeing decision? I think anyone who's an NWSL fan or a, in particular a Seattle OL Reign fan listening to this podcast mm. will be saying, hey, can we talk about those handballs last week that weren't given in the Washington versus OL Reign game? Because, you know, if that handball goes the other way, maybe the OL Reign makes a Challenge Cup final and maybe those players get a chance to win the $10,000 prize money. And so I think you've got to think about all these little things that are affecting the players, the fans, the flow, the integrity, the safety, it all kind of links together. And I think there's going to be, you know, this isn't, will not be the last time we talk about this. Um, no, as I'm it's, sure it's, it won't it's be. an ongoing <laughs> conversation in this league. And hopefully, hopefully it gets better. Uh, I will say, Dash fans, you know, I think we, it was the first game of the season, Laura, that Chicago game where there was that penalty. Uh, where everyone was like, oh, how was that a penalty? I don't understand how it's a penalty. And, you know, they claimed that Sophie Schmidt pushed. Uh, Ella Stevens oh, yeah. in the oh. box. What I will say to any Dash fans listening to this, think about the Michaela Aban one on Sunday. Probably not as dubious, but the point is sometimes what goes around comes around. So you get a little bit of luck <laughs> in one game, you don't get a little bit of luck in any game. Uh, let's try and move on from Kansas City. Unless there's anything else you want to add, Laura? Good win for the Dash. No, huge, no, huge I for think, the confidence. Yeah, I think that it's amazing and, and it really helps out that it was an away game too to really like mm. extra boost, give that extra boost, um, push and 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 really the the kind of energy that they really need to kind of you know come in with more energy to the next game. Yeah, and while you're waiting about that extra boost, I've got two pieces up on Striker Texas talking about that. That you know, it's going to be a triple away day for the Houston Dash. They've got two more uh, away trips to go before they're back at PNC Stadium. And I spoke to Sarah Loudon about that, about how she's trying to kind of tackle these away trips, get the group together. She took all 27 players on the roster uh, to Kansas City last weekend, which is very rare. You usually take about 18 players. She wanted to keep the whole group together. She knows they've been under a lot of pressure. There's been a bit of tension in the locker room, and I think she got her rewards by bringing the whole group out there um so we also had the one nil loss to san diego big home opener mm. laura looking mm. at these two games obviously a loss and a defeat three points not a bad return i think any dash fan who said oh if we're going to win every other game that's a pretty good way to you know go about the season albeit you know you'd like to be winning some home games but two games into sarah loudon's tenure as the acting head coach how are you feeling laura I mean, I think that they're doing the best that they can do, right? I think that um, they're, I think they're thriving in what's been giving to them. 
Mm. Um, I don't think that they're as much as like maybe scrambling perhaps. Um, but I really do think that they're doing the best and really taking advantage of what they have and being more optimistic and really working with what they're giving at this point or what's happening, because they're going to say, we don't have this, we don't have that, but they have to get it together and get results. They're professionals. Well, so, think, think about a few weeks ago, Lara. Remember when we were talking about defense? Yeah. And how worried we yeah. were about the Houston Dash defense <laughs> and how, you know, when, at what point do you press the panic button? Well, look at the defense now, you know, they lose one nil to San Diego, but it was arguably the best defensive performance of the year to only concede two shots on goal. And then you get that clean sheet on Sunday, a very rugged performance that you get over the line. So it feels like such a sudden flip of where this team was at, you know, a month ago, like you said, I think, they're, they're doing the best they can. It's definitely not an effort level thing with this squad. They really are working hard. There's obviously a lot going on, you know, with the mm-hmm. turbulent removal of Clarkson, new ideas. I think Loudon's done a tremendous job at getting this, this group together and keeping them on track and offering them someone who can kind of bring them down to earth and and, and calm them. I think Sophie Schmidt, you know, another player you really admire, Lara, yeah. had a great yes. quote where she said, the minute Sarah walks in the room, all the tension leaves and she really has calmed us down from an emotional period. I think what will come next, Laura, is when you're playing the better teams and you need to work on the more expansive football, are we going to see that? You know, we haven't necessarily seen the most out of Maria Sanchez the last two games, um, which was kind of what was working in the first half. That being said, you know, we've seen a much better defensive side. So it's a little bit of give and take. Um, Maria uh, as you'll see in my piece, which is going up on the strike of Texas yesterday morning, had a much more defensive role in the in the team and maybe wasn't going all guns blazing. So, it you know, it's, it's give and take, but I think Loudon and the team deserves a lot of credit for getting that defence right because we, we were saying that was an issue earlier on. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Even with that loss, I think that that one really hurt because obviously it was the first game. I was at home, you know, the days prior to to the home opener weren't as calm as I'm pretty sure they wanted it to be. Um, so there was a lot of emotions going in and they still went in and did the best that they could do. And it was really heartbreaking that, you know, that goal came in so late, um, you know, cause it, it would have, I really thought it was going to end, you know, zero, zero, but that late goal, um, you know, gave the, the visiting team, the, the rewards. But I think that, if you don't look at that goal, I mean, I know that that in history, it's going to go down, obviously they lost, but if you kind of just step away and look at, you know, the 85 minutes they played before that other minute that when they scored, I feel like the team did pretty well. Um, I think it was a good game. It wasn't their best game, but I think they did well enough. And, you know, it was just a couple of minutes away of really having that, you know, that tie. Mm, absolutely yeah really 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 kind of bullish performance it didn't quite get the rewards but did show a lot of good work so two games in one loss one defeat laura game three will be on the road like we said to racing louisville this might be you know correct me if i'm wrong laura see what's let me know what you think but this might be the first time that maybe the dash are going to be the favored team going into the game you know san diego they were coming off the suspension san diego mm-hmm. had had some good results um they get that win uh, then second game, Kansas City had topped the, the Central Division in the Challenge Cup, also going on the road. You think maybe the Dash might get a draw, but maybe Kansas City are favoured to win. The Dash have already beaten Racing Louisville twice during the Challenge Cup. Mm-hmm. So do you think they should really be the, the winning team come this weekend? I mean, I think that they have the tools that they need and they've shown they can beat them. So I would definitely twice. expect... And a win... <laughs> 
<laughs> or a tie if, if worse comes to worse. I, I, I see them being able to really take control of the game and, and take those points home, whether it be a, a full-blown win or, or a tie that even, you know, when it's away games, it's a different, different ballpark. So I'm a much nicer and, you know, more, um, I guess, forgiving when it's away games mm. because we know it's a different ambience. It's, it's traveling. It's, uh, it's not your crowd, blah, 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 blah. But that way that I'm forgiving when. So I expect them. I, I really do expect that, that they'll be able to pull off a win, if not a tie. Um, just being like what you just mentioned based off the prior games. Yeah, I think it's interesting thinking back to that last time the Dash were in Louisville, that 3-2 win. We, we did a podcast, you know, the, the, the next day, Laura, and it was so chaotic. And, you know, the Dash were 2 that <laughs> down at halftime and they came back. Oh, my God. I think stressful. we're going we're gonna to see a very different game. I think Sarah Loudon's Dash are really keeping it tight. They know those giveaway goals in the first few minutes really killed them. And I think we're going to see an interesting game where they try and ease into it, keep it tight, keep that defensive confidence. And... I, th I think it could be anything. I think Louisville have, have proven to be quite a hard to predict team. They're scoring a lot of mm. goals. They're also all over the place. Yeah, they're conceding a lot of goals. So I think Louisville are going to be in the home team. We're going to come out, and I think it's going to be interesting to see if the Dash can do what they've been doing really well, which is kind of suck teams in, go, get through that early pressure, and then come into the game and try and get that goal. Or if they if they do end up conceding that early goal, are we going to see the handbrake come off again and Sarah Loudon say, hey, you've got to go out and score some goals? I'm kind of tempted to say it might be another 1-0 win for the Houston Dash, maybe a 0-0. Um, but there just seems to be something really, really good clicking mm -hmm. right now with Sarah Loudon and the team. So, maybe Yeah, I think so too. And Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think that it would, yeah, it would, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see those three, three twos. No. I mean, maybe, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, the last game of, of Louisville was a two, two with all rain. And prior to that, they lost, I want to say with uh, Chicago red stars um, two one. So that, I mean, they're going to play at home and they're really going to try to get that, you know, first win of the season at home. So it's going to be a good game. I think that it's going to, it's going to be a good close um, game, but I think that the dash have what it takes to really just be on top. Race Louisville uh, hosting the Houston Dash seven o'clock on Saturday night. That's this Saturday, 14th of May. Laura, before we get out of here, I did want to give a little shout out. Uh, listener, if you're trying to get in all the best women's soccer that, that's out there, you've got to go check out Liga Amekis Feminil. Yes. The quarterfinal stages are wrapping up as we speak. Chivas Guadalajara just beat Pumas uh, as we were recording this podcast, 3-2. So they're through to the semifinals along with Tigres and Monterrey played tonight. I think they'll be through to the next round. And Club America uh, actually lost last night and fired their coach, Craig Harrington, immediately after um, Pachuca are, are through to the semifinals. So it's going to be really, really exciting. Four teams left, like we said, Monterrey, Tigres, Pachuca, and now Chivas. Uh, it's going to be really, really exciting. Catch that uh, where you can. Maybe we'll try and share some links on Twitter. Tigres sometimes show theirs on Facebook Live, but mm -hmm. often it's uh, kind of a, a mishmash of TUDN and Univision. In Spanish. <laughs> yes, but lots of Spanish language. Uh, great broadcast out there. But the football is going to be fantastic. And it'll be really interesting to see if uh, Monterrey can, can pull off another championship. Yeah, I think that we're lucky enough to be able to watch. I mean, I've watched games in, in different languages and I just I know what's going on. So for me, I can watch soccer in different languages. It doesn't really bother me. 
So, if, I mean, if you guys are trying to brush up on Spanish, I definitely recommend Liga MX for sure. And to look at players that can eventually make it to the NWSL. Mm, yeah, Mia Official has been killing it for Tigres. She scored um, a couple goals the other day. And I think she'll definitely be one to play in the NWSL. I don't know how soon, but she's definitely going to be coming over. We did an interview with her. You can catch that on the Striker Texas as well. Laura, anything else before we get out of here? What's been on your uh, women's soccer radar? No, nothing much. I mean, I think that it's been, um, I've just been watching like the home openers and really seeing mm. the swag and the whole um, red carpet of the fashion making me feel oh. bad about my closet kind of thing. But, you know, that's cool. I mean, what are you going to do? You can't be them. <laughs> let, let us know your favorite NWSL fashionista listener. Who's given you the best looks on the runway? Um, I got to give it some thought. I got to give it some thought. I thought Jorian Balcom was looking really good for North Carolina Courage yeah. on the Challenge Cup final day. Uh, Ali, yeah. Watt, Ali Watt in Seattle is always doing some good stuff too. The Gotham girls, I mean. <sighs> always bringing it. I mean, yeah, and the dash, who was it? They wore a red, like a red shirt and red uh like biker shorts and had like um oh my eye like cape loved, oh cape i was yeah. like oh mwah, mwah, flowers i love it oh i loved it it was amazing yeah shay shay groom she rocked he, it, it she rocked amazing. it yeah very true shay probably has won the fashion fashion in oh. houston but it's a long season long long time to come back but yeah yeah yeah, yeah dash yeah. players <laughs> if, you, if you're out if you're out there listening to this um you got to keep up with shay yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know which one's your favorite. And also Maria, the shirts that Maria has worn, I, I've I've liked several of them too. So, you know, props to her. I mean, I think all of them really. I'm just trying to get a sense of what I can pull off at the same time while I'm looking at them. And I'm like, what can I do to bring mm. the fashion? <laughs> there was a great bit of Mother's, there was a great bit of Mother's Day content uh on the on the Dash socials where they were talking to all the players about. Oh yeah, the little uh, mic. Yeah, the little mic. <laughs> talking to all the players about like what their uh, mother's day what what they like about their mother i mean obviously there's a million things you can like about your mother mm. um but maria said the food and uh i know it got me thinking i was like oh we gotta do some documentary content getting in the kitchen with maria sanchez's mom oh yeah 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 that would be amazing because i'm sure she could throw it down i mean oh cooking yeah. with mama yeah. sanchez oh yes that'd be amazing i think we should do that yeah, well, we hope, for that for hopefully sure. soon we'll have a Cooking with Mama Sanchez special coming to you. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> lots of love to all the mothers out there and people who have other mothering figures and other figures in their mm -hmm. life. Uh, and more importantly, keep supporting women's soccer. Keep watching the NWSL. We'll be with you next week for Just the Dash, looking back on racing Louisville Houston Dash, which is happening on Saturday and other stories from around the women's soccer world. And apart from that, I'll leave you with good night. Laura, it's been lovely to see you. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Take care. Bye.